0: You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockolds and Tom Hiscott.
1: Welcome listeners to episode 16 of the Tool Station Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockolds, and I am delighted to be joined on the line by the editor of the Tool Station Western League Bulletin. It is Mr Tom Hiscott. Hello, mm-hmm. Tom. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, thanks. And you? Did you manage to stay dry over the weekend? <laughs> uh,
2: relatively, I would say, yeah. Um, so, yeah, Saturday was nice, wasn't it? In in general, but Sunday, yeah, got a bit, a little bit damp. Just out, getting some fresh air, and it was almost unavoidable. So, yeah, but uh, yeah, not not too shabby, let's say. How about you?
1: I spent <laughs> the weekend in Legoland. That's brilliant. Yes, did you stay it's, dry? It's uh, I did actually. Yes. Okay. Um, there was a little bit of rain around on Sunday morning, but we were heading mm. back then, so it didn't matter. But no, we had an we had a really lovely weekend, family weekend in Legoland. I know it doesn't involve football and I know it doesn't involve tool station wrestling football, but I thoroughly <laughs> enjoyed myself. And um, uh, yeah, there we go. There we go. Spiritual home from home, <laughs> and that, which says, I, an awful say, lot. I
2: know that's not your first visit. So uh...
1: It certainly isn't. And, um, you know, I think regular listeners to the podcast will be wondering whether we go to Legoland for the benefit of my children or for <laughs> me. And I, I don't really think I was thinking the same. You don't need to be Freud to, question, try to yeah. work out the answer to that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, we had a really, really nice weekend. So that was um that was really good. Unfortunately, obviously that didn't mean I didn't get to see any football. But um that, I don't that doesn't matter because I've got you for the next um, 45 minutes to tell me about all the football that I missed in the Toolstation <laughs> Western League.
2: It's the plan. It's definitely the plan.
1: So to introduce our interviews for this week, um, from Street, we have a new um, name for the podcast. It is Paddy Bean, who... Um, uh, joined us this week and we're in Canton Town of course the side that's always at the race is an old friend of the podcast um, he's been managing longer than we've been doing this I think Tom it's Chris Wise Um, he joins us as well but we're not going to start by talking about um, Western League football we are going to start by talking about what went on in the FA Vars uh, second round no less on Saturday the 11th of November and I would say all in all it was a pretty good haul of results for our our sides um, kicking off at Barnstable town. They've been in good form in the league, of course. And, and obviously the Vars and that continued against Brinscombe and Thrupp. Yeah. I thought it was a cracking
2: result, uh, cracking set of results, to be honest. I think there was one or two uh, sides getting knocked out, but in, in general, most of our, uh, yeah, most of our, uh, our number got through and that includes Barnstable. Yeah. Two, one win for them. they are one of two Devon sides to, to progress to the next round. And it was Oscar Massey who starred for them in, in their two, one win. Uh, he's Yeah. Poked home after just two minutes to to break the deadlock. Gave him a, give uh, give town a dream start. Uh, and then he uh, scored another one midway through the first half as well. Made it 2 two nil. So, uh, yeah, brilliant. Uh, brilliant opening to the game for Manchester. Uh, did have to, uh, yeah, hold, hold their visitors off, uh, obviously. Um, they had trimmed the deficit just before half-time. So, it was uh, potentially a bit of a nervy second half. But, uh, yeah, Manchester did the business and uh, move on to the next round. So, a 2-1 win for them.
1: Congratulations to them. And, um, well, Clevedon Town um they triumphed over brockenhurst now i i'll be perfectly honest with you i have kept an eye on um brockenhurst um for some time they've got a very interesting manager who's got quite a lot to say for himself on social media and an awful lot of it making an awful lot of sense to me if i'm allowed to say that and uh i actually watched brockenhurst beat caution um, a couple of seasons ago when Corsham town was still in the western league mm-hmm. always had a lot of time for them and I did wonder honestly uh, whether the strength of the wessex league would be too much um for what, even one of the best of teams in um in the in the in the Tool Station western league premier division but of course tom I had absolutely nothing to worry about <laughs> No, no belief in our sides, but um, yeah, Clevedon
2: um, put, <laughs> absolutely put them to the sword, didn't they? A 5 0 win um, for the Seasiders. Absolutely uh, terrific stuff. Uh, only one 0 at the interval, so it was, a, it was a dominant second half that really, really pushed them through. But as I say, one goal in the first half, and that was from uh, leading scorer Sam Beresford, you know, muscling the, uh, the visiting keeper before before scoring. <clears throat> it was then, yeah, it was a real good start to the second half uh, for Clevedon that really, uh, really pinpointed this fixture. Alex Cam doubling the uh, the advantage. Uh, with, a, with a well-taken goal and then it was a penalty uh, pretty soon after from him as well but that, that put them three goals to the good uh, and then it was a couple more late goals as well so uh, yeah real, real top stuff 5-0 win uh, Freddie King and then Beresford uh, rounding out the scoring and uh, yeah five, well not much more can be said that is a absolutely fantastic uh, afternoon's work from
1: Clevedon absolutely right um now our next game saw Brixham travel into Europe well mm-hmm. not quite Did. it was only the Isle of Wight but I mean I think if <laughs> if it's if you've got to get somewhere on a ferry it's got the feel of an international fixture <laughs> about it I mean unless of course Brixham flew which I, I doubt <laughs> maybe. um but I, and maybe you know there was a flotilla of boats that um, <laughs> that came out of um, South Devon and headed down to the Isle of Wight but I, I doubt it so anyway it would have been a long day for them but I, I'm I'm sure it would have been a fantastic ride home.
2: Absolutely worth it. And if, uh, yeah, if they did all head down, they'd have, they'd have come back. Uh, yeah, very, very cheerful indeed. A 1-0 win uh, for Brixham down uh, against Cow Sports. Uh, yeah, they've been doing really well over recent weeks. I think Brixham, a couple of defeats maybe recently. I think I keep saying they're doing well recently and then, they, uh, then they're then they falling. But a 1-0 win on, on Saturday afternoon and uh, their fifth consecutive away win. So there, there you go. If they are travelling, they're travelling well. Uh, and it was Kieran Parkin, uh, 17 minutes into this one. Uh, the only goal, uh, putting them one up, as I say. And, uh, yeah, that proved to be enough. So, uh, yeah, another one of our uh, Devonian sides uh, through to the next rounds. Great to see.
1: Absolutely right. And, um, you know, well, with the with side from Devon going through, Falmouth Town said, hold my beer. You know, they were playing <laughs> Moneyfields. I'm pretty sure it wasn't that long ago. I can remember Moneyfields competing in the Southern League. Um, but, um, well, Falmouth Town well and truly um, put them to the sword. Yeah, another real, real comprehensive home win, really. Alex Walton, Brad Leavers, and
2: Luke Braven all on the all on the score sheet for Falmouth, and a, a three nil win for them over Moneyfield. So um, yeah, another another standout result. As I said, it really was a it really was a top afternoon of, of
1: vars football for our sides. And one more game to talk about, and uh, well, City of our first division took on Portland United, and um, went through on penalties. Tom, they did, and um, yeah, I mean the 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 well
2: incredible thing about this is they were trailing pretty late on in this one so it was a it was a good come from behind um uh, call it a victory obviously they, they went through on penalties but they, as i say, they were trailing late into this one uh but then harry warwick managed to, to send the games to spot kicks uh send the game to spot kicks should i say uh with a, with a pretty late equalizer and then yeah they prevailed four three uh on penalties and that is now the furthest they've ever gone in this competition so yeah another another real uh fill up for our league so Congratulations to Wells, as you say, first division side getting through. That is, um, yeah, that is
1: that is top stuff. That really is. So you know, I think we should all salute what's going on at Wells. Fantastic. And um, before we move into our fixtures, let's just have a quick look to see how the uh, the fixture gods how kind they've been to our sides. We start off with Nausy Tickenham's game against Hartpury College. That was postponed, so that's still to be. Played, um, but the winner of that will face the rampant, the mighty Clevedon Town. Um, Barnstable Town take on Falmouth Town in what I'm sure would be an epic clash. Well, City's reward for beating Portland United is a, a, another trip down to the Jurassic Coast where they take on Hamworthy Recreation. Uh, Bridgewater United, they've got a trip to Royal Wooden Bassett, and Brixham finally, after that epic trip. Um, to cows on the Isle of Wight, they're at home. They're um, they come up against Downton, no, not the Abbey. Um, mm-hmm. For those of you who might be interested in, you know, how my my um, my my team devises town are getting on, they've actually got a, a cup game tonight against Downton. Um, so they're but not that that gets us anywhere really. I mean, I don't know whether that will help Brixham in their planning. Probably not. <laughs> anyway, never mind. Right, let's talk about some Western League football and let's kick off at high flying Helston Athletic. The visitors were Street. On paper, I thought this looked like a relatively um, routine win for the home side, but Street, Tom, they're proving a tough nut to crack.
2: Yeah, they definitely are, and uh, yeah, that, that, that perfect example of that on the weekend, twice falling behind and twice coming from behind to to grab a point at Helston, and uh, the, yeah, the second of those equalisers coming in the the dying embers. So as you say, the Cobblers, um, yeah, um, doing 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 the business at the moment. Uh, it was an Aaron Bentley goal that that put Helston one up at the break, uh, but then Street did get uh, back on level terms ten minutes into the second half, and that was thanks to Josh Goodwin. Uh, it was then a Jordan Cop effort that put Helston back in front. you think from there they'd probably, probably see it out, but they couldn't maintain their advantage. And it was uh, Jake Horsey in stoppage time uh, that popped up to to get um, Street their well-earned point. So, yeah, a pretty entertaining fixture there and, and Helston drew into a piece with Street.
1: So a good point on the road for Street, and that was all the excuse I needed to get in touch with the club and speak to a new name for the podcast, Paddy Bean. And we reflected on the game, and I asked Paddy whether he was happy with his team's performance.
0: I was very happy with the team's performance off the back of a a really tough Somerset Premier Cup game against Taunton. Um, Went down to Helston, unfortunately never the strongest. Whenever we go down there for for various reasons, but we went down with a a sort of a a, a squad of 12 plus plus my assistant Ollie Pearson on the bench as well, and um, and we had a few few players missing for us, um, big players, but the boys just performed very well, um, kept kept in the game, and yeah, it, they, they deserved at least a point. So yeah, very, very, very pleased.
1: Uh, and I, I guess from that answer then, you'd have, you'd have taken a point if I'd have offered it to you before the game.
0: Most definitely taken a take point before the game, definitely, yeah.
1: It's one of the weird sort of quirks of, of fate, I guess, that that was your fourth draw in a row. Um, so, I mean, is that a sign that you know you're a very difficult team to beat, or is it a case of your frustration that you know you're taking one point when you would want your side to take
0: three? Yeah, I, I think that is. The, the, I mean, I, I took over on my my, on my own, I think, from sort of February last year and, and the last season, and um, I think in our last 25 games, we've we've only lost three games, so we're very hard to beat, and you know, and, and there's a there's definitely a steeliness in, in our in our players now, um, and I would say we have drawn quite a few of those games. Actually, in, in a large, large time, we really should have taken three points. But you know, I think there are young squad. We've got a very young squad of players, um, mm-hmm. and I think when you're missing key experienced players to go to somewhere like Hellsdon on a on a Saturday, wet wet pitch, you know, against a big, decent size, um i but I was very very pleased and and i and I just think yeah we've 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 grown as a team over the last sort of four or five months and and we are we are hard to play against and we are hard to beat and we're we're a decent little footballing side as well so
1: so you you're currently mid table in the premier division are you are you happy with that
0: no I don't think any managers happy with where they are unless they're sitting top of the pile um I've got an awful lot of belief in this crop of lads that I've got. Um, I, I can I, I can see what they can deliver. Um, the potential with them is massive, and they're hungry. They're willing to learn, and I, I would, you know, for, for me personally, I'd like to be challenging around the playoff positions. I know that's going to be a tough ask because we haven't got maybe the, the squad of players that some of the, the top teams have got, but. I do believe when I've got my full 15, 16 available and out on that pitch, we're a match for any team in that in that league, um, and that, that hasn't really changed since the start of the season. So yes, I would say it's, it's a hard it's a hard one for us at the moment when, when we have lots of injuries and and player unavailability. But I, I do believe we're, we we can challenge in the top six most definitely. You know when when we're at full strength.
1: And was that your expectation going into this season? Did you, you know? Were you looking that high up the table?
0: Um, I think we finished so well last season. Like I said, I think the last twelve games we went unbeaten, and I think we had seven clean sheets on on, on the banks at the end of it. Um, obviously, when this new season starts, you know that clubs are going to be looking at certain players that you have. Clubs with bigger budgets certainly than 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 we have, and and you can't stop lads. And if 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 teams teams from from the higher divisions come in and look at our players, you know I I want to encourage them to go and play a better standard of football if they're good enough and they get the opportunity. And and this season we did leave. You know we lost Harry Foster um, to to Barnstable. We also lost Murson Ham to Barnstable. We also just lost Archie Hayward to Barnstable as well. which which was a a blow to us but but like i said it's it's just that it then opened the door for another young person to come in young player to come in which is what we've done and uh you know we've looked at the the sort of local areas my coach jake morford who's obviously been around for a long time as well fantastic coach um he he also has lots of connections with with regards to players so we yeah, we've lost players but we've brought new ones in and, and so far they've they've you know, they've they've done the business for us to a certain extent, yeah. We always want to do better, but as long as they're learning and they're improving, that's the most important factor for us.
1: It feels to me that you are becoming the Brighton and Hove Albion of the tool station Western. League.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know about that. I think I'm better looking than grandpa, but still. Um, <laughs> still. it's um it's Maybe we are, but I, I quite like that. To be honest, I think you know we don't. We want the lads to go and play football how they want to play. And I think when you're dealing with your, the young lads at the moment, that it's all about college football, university football, which we've got quite a few lads who, who are at university in college. So you know we don't want to take that that style away from them, but we just want to put some structure because the Western League is a hard league to play in. There's some good sides. Um, I wouldn't say this year there's any real standout sides like there have been maybe for the last four or five seasons, but there's, there's probably more quality deeper now. Um, so, you know, letting young lads play their game, the natural game, not taking that away from them is exactly what we want to do, but just giving them some structure as well because, you know, they can be naive sometimes. They can make mistakes, and, and unfortunately at this level you get punished when you make mistakes. So it's just trying to get some structure into them, really
1: um travel has been a a talking point in, in a lot of the interviews i've done with managers this season how are you finding it
0: i think it's a tough one for the club you know personally I, I i don't i think it's good to go experience different grains um it does i'll be totally honest i'm never going to go to a Falmouth or a or when we've had to go there previously, or Helston, like we did Saturday, with a full squad of players um, because people have commitments, and and I think when they've got other commitments, I think it's very hard to get someone to travel that far. Um, you know, we we left at sort of nine thirty on 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 Saturday to get to Helston. Lovely grounds, nice nice group of people, you know, but. I'm going there and I'm frustrated because I've only got 12 players, basically, you know. And my 12 players done me pride and they've done the club pride. But, you know, we were, at the end of the game, we're, we're two all. I mean, our centre-half scored to equalise. He's had to then come off the pitch and we've had to play the last seven or eight minutes with 10 players because we didn't have another sub, you know. And and, it, and I know people say, you know, you should be able to field a full squad of players and you're right but it's very hard to get someone to travel that far just to sit on the bench you know for you sometimes so you know the traveling the traveling camp up like I, said, I, I don't personally have an issue with it but i know lots of really good players that probably won't play at this level because of the traveling commitment unfortunately so i think it i think it, uh, some people do have issues with it most definitely
1: um, so getting back to the uh, the football then, when you think of the sides you've come up against so far this season, which of the teams have impressed you the most?
0: Um, obviously Bridgewater are very strong. Um, you know, good good, good manager, Dave. Um, good players. Uh, you know, yeah, just, just a decent outfit. Um, I think they'll probably do very well this season. Um, I think they can keep their consistency which they appear to be doing so they've got a good squad, squad depth. So I-, I think Bridgewater will be up there. Um strange one for me. I I quite like playing St. Blaise the other day. Um I thought they were quite a nice size, you know. Um they they're just a strong, good good footballing team. So they were a- they're, a- they're a they're a decent outfit. Um haven't played Cleveland this this season yet, but um always have a- enjoyed Playing against Leeds, and they're very similar to us, but probably a little bit further along their path, their journey. Um, but also a young side that plays the football the right way. Much of the same as I, I enjoyed playing against Wellington last season. I think Wellington were a really good footballing side last season, and, and we've picked up two two of Wellington's players from last season. Both Eli and Jeff Collins were both excellent young players. Um, but I, like I said, I, I think there's lots of good sides in it this year and I think they can all beat each other, which, which you know, makes the league very, very competitive. So, yeah, Bridgewater for me, I'd I be surprised if they're, if they're not there or thereabouts at the end, definitely.
1: Now you've got Falmouth up next. Um, talking <coughs> of you know, very good sides, they're doing very well this season. Um, that's, they're coming to your place. How confident are you that that game will be on?
0: Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I'm sat in the car at the moment; it's pouring down rain. Um, the, the, our pitch is decent. Um, I'm I'm hopeful that it, it will be on. Um, I, I would I would think it it will be on unless the, the weather certainly comes in any worse than what it has been for the last few days. But um, I, I would think the game will be on. You know, the grain staff work really hard at the Street and make sure the pitch is good. At the it can be every week, so we didn't have any called off last season at all. So I'm hope, hoping it'll be on.
1: Now, Paddy, this is the first time that we've spoken to you on the on the Tool Station Western League podcast, and so this gives yeah. me the opportunity to ask the question that I always like to ask the people the first time we have them on. C- can you tell us a little bit about your footballing journey to the street dugout?
0: Right, <laughs> well, um, well, I suppose. I made my Western League debut when I was 17 at Chards, um, although it was the Grey Mills League then, I believe it was called. Um, I played at Chards for for numerous seasons, then I went to the Armed Forces for a while, Uh, then I came back when I left the Armed Forces, went back to Chards. I played at Wellington, Ottery St Mary also in the Western League. Um, Played until I was about 32, then I went and just played local football. didn't really want to manage at a local level because I, I just don't like the commitment, which isn't normally there at, at local football. So um, then was given the opportunity to come back to Chards with uh, Laurie and Adam. I uh, had three very successful seasons there um, at Chards. Uh, and then we went, myself and Adam, I went to Bridport. Um Had three very good six seasons there as well. Um, done, done very well when we were there. And then uh, Nick Andrews, who, who uh, was at Street at the time, um, asked me to uh, come and help out for little while. So I went there, and I'm still there now. So that was that was maybe three seasons ago. Obviously, I took the the, the full-time role last season when Nick um, left, um, to do solely on myself, uh, like said, and, uh, and that's that's where I am now. So obviously, had Ollie Pearson with me, um, and I've known Ollie since. Since he was a young boy, actually, I played football for his dad, Jerry Pearson, back in the day, and um, and obviously Jake Moore for joining me as well. So, so yeah, so in the street, dugout now, hopefully for for a little while longer to let these these lads grow and develop and, and see where we can go from there.
1: And my thanks to Paddy for his time. And the other um, game to beat the weather in the Premier Division proved to be an absolute. Thriller, an eight-goal thriller. St. Blaise taking on Wellington. Yeah, absolutely,
2: a five-three win for the home side in this one. So yeah, goals galore. So that's what we, that's what we like to see. And uh, yeah, not not too many victories so far for St. Blazy this year. I think it's just their fourth in the league. So uh, yeah, this will have this will have been enjoyed. <clears throat> uh, but they did have to. Yeah, well, they didn't start the strongest in this one. It was sixteen minutes gone when Jordan Hayman actually opened the scoring for Wellington. Uh, but then the host really did come into their own uh, for the remainder of that first half. Ryan Downing, drawing them level, uh, and then a couple more goals from Owen Pritchard and then Luke Cloak. He's having a he's having a top season. Uh, he put them three-one up uh, as the game headed to to halftime. Uh, the The second half then did start a little bit slowly, uh, but uh, yeah, the final 15 minutes absolutely uh, bonkers stuff. Really, goals flying in left, right, and centre. Uh, both sides scoring twice in that in that in that uh, period of play. Sam Clifton and uh, Cloak again scoring uh, to twice. Extend Blazes' lead, so they went uh, four-one up and then five-two up uh, on, on those occasions. But it was Wellington uh, never really lied down. then They tried to sort of keep maintaining something of, of a foothold in the game. But uh, Ryan Brereton uh, and Sally McKenna scoring for them. Uh, but it was uh, it was the home side from Cornwall who who played uh, and, and ran out 5 free winners. And now a message from our sponsor. Whatever the job, with over twenty-five thousand products in stock and ready to go, you can click collect and conquer at tool station
1: you certainly can right then um we will now take a look into the first division uh with two high flying sides um battling it out um cribs reserves they were at home to bradford town and um bradford certainly went away from this one the happier
2: yeah, they did a, a really impressive away win. I think there was a couple of a couple of big games towards the top in in the first division on Saturday, and this was uh, definitely one of those. And as as we say, uh, Bradford running out two one winners, uh, but Cribs had been yeah been in absolutely uh, thundering form of recent recent weeks, so they would have been a little bit surprised when they fell behind early. Jordan Pinder putting uh, putting uh, put the visitors ahead uh, with the 10th minute penalty uh they did manage to get back on level terms uh cribs uh, but yeah then it was uh, another goal pretty late on to be honest I think it was about 15 minutes left on the clock when Corey Gardner uh, put Bradford back in front and this time uh, this time they held on so
1: a real impressive win for them uh where cribs serve so a good win for for Bradford. Yeah, keeps things exciting towards the top of the Mm -hmm. table. And nothing will have shaken things up more than our next game. Um, Wincanton Town, they've been on a bit of a charge of late. And we know how well Radstock Town have been doing this season. A five-goal thriller between these two sides. And it was, Tom, I think the archetypal game of two halves. Hmm, Definitely was. And this was, uh, yeah,
2: this was uh, a... Definitely a, a drama-ridden match, let's put it that way. And it was uh, it was Wincanton who eventually ran out three-two winners, uh, but that that definitely only tells half the story. Uh, Martin Johnson heading Radstock ahead uh, towards the end of the first half, uh, but it was uh, uh, Wincanton getting back on level terms then through Jamie Jordan, uh, and then it was about fifteen minutes to go when. Uh, major flashpoint uh, with canton's Jake Stevia dismissed for a, a poor tackle from all accounts. Not, not managed to, to get eyes on it, but that seems to be the uh, general consensus. But uh, yeah, I think a couple of a uh, couple of uh, visiting players reacted pretty poorly, and they were also dismissed. So it was, uh, in fact, ten uh, man Canton taking on nine man Radstock for the for the the, the final. Final knockings of the match, and it was—it was, of course, it was—it was always going to be the nine men that went in front. Pretty soon after they'd—they'd uh, they'd lost a couple of men, uh, but they were unable to to maintain that advantage. And it was Charlie Barrington—Barrington, uh, sorry—scoring uh, from close range to to level affairs, uh, and then yeah, but this was deep into stoppage time. I don't know how much of it was probably, probably quite a lot considering what played out in the second half. And it was Matt Garner who got, got his head on, uh, on a cross and uh, made it three, two. So yeah, the Wasps running out winners uh, over Radstock by three goals to two.
1: Now I mentioned at the top of the podcast, Chris Wise, the manager of Wincanton has been, Um, has been in charge of that side probably longer than Tom and I have been doing the podcast and one thing I've grown to know over the the seasons that we have been doing the podcast is that, that Chris is one of the most anticipated managers a man who's always got something to say never hides from controversy And um, always worth a listen. Uh, So it was great to get Chris back on the podcast um, this week. And I congratulated him on his win at the weekend. And I asked him from his perspective whether the game was as close as the scoreline suggests.
3: Um, It was. It was a proper kind of Western League battle. um, One which... um, would have been really good for the neutrals. Really, really good for the neutrals. Um, they definitely had the better of the first half, without a doubt. Um, they were on top and potentially... Oh, there wasn't a huge amount of chances throughout the game, but they um, they were definitely um, on top during that period. Um, we changed a couple of things at half-time and we did come out of the blocks really well second half. and The second half was much more of, a, of an even contest. It was a proper kind of ding-dong battle and um, yeah, I think it was always going to be really one goal that nicked it either way and yeah, fortunately it was us that grabbed it.
1: Because it's been a while since your last game, isn't it? And and that was a 4-2 loss at Cribs at the end of October. I mean, is that a game that you've been running over in your mind ever since then?
3: Nine times out of ten, whenever you have a defeat this league um, and you say to the lads, look, the good thing is you haven't got a long to put right. Well, we did on this occasion and that, that afternoon at Cribs was if I'm honest, horrendous. The, it's probably the worst rain I've ever been involved in a football match in. It was awful, grim day, windy, and we we came back from two nil down to two each, and were so on top to then concede a real sucker punch, and then ended up losing four two. It was just a a real bad, as you would say, in a bad day at the race. And um, I, I could feel that coming out of my mouth as I said it, so I've got to address it. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, it, it was just a. But real bad day, so it, 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 it has taken a while to, to get over that and we, obviously with no fixture. Um, so we were really, really keen to kind of put it right as quickly as possible. And yeah, it was great to be able to kind of bounce back with a win um, against Radstock.
1: Because before that defeat, you'd been on a really good run of form. So are you happy with your side's performances so far yeah, this season? Yeah, I think um,
3: we've had so many things go against us this year. Um, obviously, as you know, I've been doing this a long time now. This is my uh, my ninth season, and I've never had an injury, an injury experience like what we've had in this first part of the season. We did a little exercise before the game on Radstock, where we were just kind of talking about um, talking about things we want to do and things that um, we want to put right, etc. And, and I went around the dressing room and the vast majority of the squad had been available for less than half the games. And that's um, our availability is always amazingly high. Like people don't miss games for silly reasons. I'm talking about for injuries, uh, some suspensions as well, but injuries mainly the injury list has been horrendous. Um, Obviously we lost our our captain, my brother Dan, before we'd even kicked the ball in the season. He he did his ruptured his Achilles in pre-season, Then, the vice-captain who kind of then stepped in, Cam Veer, um, he's not been available half the season uh, with an ankle problem. Connor Williams has missed half the season. I, I could go on and on. You could. Our availability has been hit so hard by injuries this year that to be where we are actually in the table is, our, I actually think, it's a real achievement to be where we are at the moment. Um, we haven't played our best football, and I think people would openly admit that it's been quite scrappy at times and and involved a way of playing at times, which is not the prettiest, but it's effective and kind of with what we've had, what we've had at our disposal at times, we've had to kind of find a way of winning and grinding out results and getting the results we want without necessarily playing the way in an ideal world we want to play, but just how to get points on the table. And to be honest with, with the circumstances that have happened around us, um, to be fifth in the table at this stage, at halfway point, I'd have absolutely taken it without a shadow of a doubt. And hopefully, if we turn a little bit of a corner from an injury perspective, I think it gives us a really good platform for the second half of the season where historically, over the last couple of years, we've always performed better in that second half. Um, so if we can do that again with a bit of more luck on the injury front, I think hopefully we should be in for a real good season all round.
1: So, what has that done to your expectations for this season? What targets do you want to achieve with the team?
3: Um, I think they remain unchanged. Really, we always um, we've obviously finished in the playoffs two years running, um, and we want to be in it, in with it again. To be honest, we want to be in that that hat, and it is it's a it's a bit of a lottery. The playoffs. I mean, the, the year before last, we went. 25 games unbeaten, got to the playoff semis and and lost. Um, It is a little bit of a lottery, but you've got to be in it to win it. And we we certainly want to have our name in the hat for being in the playoffs. Or if we can push towards the automatic spot, then obviously that as well. But absolutely make no mistake about it. We do want to be up there. We want to be challenging and we want to be in a position where we can hopefully try and look for promotion. It's what the whole club wants and what we're striving for. It was the goal at the start of the season, um, and despite the injuries we've had and the, the incidents that have occurred, it's still the goal now without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and if you were to go up, would the travel in the Premier Division be a problem for you? The thing that I always say to our lads is, people moan about travelling to us where we are, whereas Bar Gillingham, um, we already have to kind of go to Bristol, obviously, which is a reasonable travel from can It's not too bad. But it won't hurt us as much as it will the others, and I think that's it. Despite having probably less money in terms of financially behind us than the majority of clubs in our league, I think I think our lads will be very willing to do it. It would be difficult. It would be a challenge. It would absolutely require some proper planning and financial budgeting, and it would be a um, it would be a massive shift from a club who, kind of, 12 years ago were playing the Overland District League football and then kind of Dorset Premier League. And, yeah, we've been in the Western League now kind of t- 10, 10 years or so. So it, it would be a big shift and it would take a, a big mindset change, but we, it's something we really want. It's something we really want. To, we, it's a problem we want to have and one that we will embrace thoroughly if we get the chance to do so.
1: So who do you think, that? that
3: um, which teams do you think you're going to have to beat to get there? Um, I, st- I still think now... Um, anybody finishes above Brislington, then I think they'll win the league I still think now they're the they're the best team we've played so far um Portishead are obviously flying and obviously um had a really good start to the season they've got a really good squad and um really really exciting plans as well kind of moving forward and real ambition to go up um there's there's a and in those playoff positions there's, there's loads of teams that could genuinely kind of get a spot in there um You you could probably pick four from seven, eight, nine, possibly ten sides that can make a break into those playoffs. Um, But in terms of, yeah, that's kind of winning the the overall competition, I I think, like I said, anyone finishes above Brislington, then, yeah, they'll they'll probably win it, in my opinion. Um,
1: You've got a trip to Odd Down up next, and um, I guess all of that good work that you did against Radstock, that would be pretty much undone if you got a poor result at Odd Down.
3: Yep. That's that's exactly it and that will hundred percent be the message. Um no point in winning that game if you then go and kinda of lose lose the next fixture. Um oh, have, they've picked up some big results lately, really, really big results. I was really surprised to see the result of the weekend where they lost um heavily at Middlesoy. before that I knew they'd beat they'd beaten Longwell, they'd beaten Cheddar away, they'd beat Telephones five nil. Um I, I know they, they beat Cribs Reserves where where um we, we lost at, at Cribs, obviously, in our last game. They beat Bradford. So I know they've picked up some big, big results lately. Um, and that will be, it will be a tough game. Make no mistake about it. It will definitely be a tough fixture. They clearly must have had an off day at Middlesoy. Because, um, yeah, for me, they've been absolutely flying as of late. And a team that I've been really keeping an eye on. As I knew I had them coming up. So, yeah, that result stood out a little bit. But it will make no difference to us. We know that will be a very, very, very hard fixture.
1: And then it's that Les Phillips Cup game against Shepton Mallet, and I imagine that you're hoping for a really um, good crowd on the night.
3: Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, that would be um, that would be really handy. Obviously, a, a localish derby, and um, they normally travel well. Shepton, um, their support. Um, it, it will it will be weather dependent. If anything like what we've had recently, we had the the, the round previous. We had Halland in the Les Phillips Cup, and. There was as many people in my dugout as there was in the stand. There was, it was the weather was absolutely horrendous. So, yeah, hopefully it's a decent evening and we can get a half decent crowd there, which which can only help the club moving forward. And we've got a good relationship with Shepton; always have them. They're a, um, a good local club, so they'll they'll definitely bring a few as well to generate a bit of atmosphere.
1: And my thanks to Chris for his time. Um, We are going to have a look at the upcoming fixtures uh, now, um, looking ahead um, to Saturday, the 18th of November. And we do have the... Uh, the 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 Nailsy and Tickenham FA Vars second round game against Hartbury College um coming up. So hopefully we will be able to get another Western League side through to the third round of that competition. But if I take a look into the Premier Division, Tom, and what game has caught your eye?
2: Gone for uh, Tourpoint who uh, Tour point versus uh, Bridgewater and definitely a point to prove for the home side in this one. They lost to lost to the same opponents just over a month ago by five goals to nil. So uh, yeah, they definitely will um. Uh, want to prove that that was uh, that was a little bit of a blip, should we say? And uh, yeah, they want to. I'm not sure they want to hand out any retribution, so to speak. But they'll definitely, uh, for themselves, they they want to. Yeah, want to uh, want to prove that that was uh, yeah a one-off. So Torpoint uh, hosting Bridgewater I think that should be a terrific contest.
1: I'm going to go for a Somerset derby between Welton Rovers and Shepton Mallet. Two, oh, yeah. two towns not separated by a great deal of, of distance uh, at all. And um I know that this is a game for the managers in particular. Um Aaron Sevier, who spent um uh, time at Welton Rovers, played alongside Tom Smith, the Welton Rovers manager. So it's 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 a it's the managerial derby, if you like, but also um two communities. Um, very close together. Shepton, of course, we know very well supported. And on their day, Welton Rovers. I mean, I've been to West Clues when there's been over 600 people watching the old Coalfield Classico. Now, hopefully the rain will keep off and uh, Welton will be able to get a a, a really, really good crowd. Um, Because obviously, as we know, particularly in the lead up to Christmas, um, that does um, help with the old coffers. Now, moving into the first division, uh, Tom, what game has caught your eye? I've gone
2: for a pretty big game, I reckon. Odd uh, down against Wincanton, and uh, yeah, the home home side have been been doing pretty well on their patch recently. And obviously, we know Wincanton are, uh, are scoring plenty, I would say, over the over the last couple of weeks. So I think that should be a pretty high-scoring affair. I think both sides will will fancy that they can uh, yeah they can break down the, uh, the break down the defences. So I think it will be a a case if who comes out um, yeah, with more goals. And, well, obviously, well, that's a very silly thing to say because obviously it's going to play out with who scores more goals, but I think there will be plenty of them. Uh, that's what I'm trying to say on, on Saturday afternoon. So I think that should be a bit of a high-scoring contest.
1: Um, now, I don't know how high-scoring my game will be, <laughs> but I do know it will be competitive. Two sides locked together in the league um, uh, and towards the top of it, Bradford Town and Bitton. Um, that game at Bradford Town, I was at Bradford not that long ago, actually, to watch their... Um, game against Portishead. So there, I know that they'll be well prepared um, for the uh, for the visit of Bitten. But um, um, I'm sure that will be a uh, that will be another stern test for the Wiltshire side. Now, Tom, um, there's not been a great deal of football, certainly league football played um, over the last couple of weeks. So I don't think that there's a great deal of. Um, uh, value in us pouring over the the league tables however i do notice that in your latest um edition of the uh, the bulletin um you do include um some stats on our leading goal scorers mm. absolutely uh, so could you could you give us a, a very quick whistle stop tour of who mm. um who our hot shots are
2: yeah absolutely so uh yeah just a, a brief look at the uh the numbers I'm getting. Uh, so from the Premier Division, uh, the leading leading marksman at the moment is Bridgewater's Jack Form, uh, 16 goals in in league matches for him so far. Uh, we've then got Ricky Shepherd of Helston, who has 13, uh, and Ryan Richards of uh, Torpoint, he's got 11. So that's top three in the in the Prem. Uh, the First Division, we've had a runaway leader for for quite a few weeks now. Ethan Felton started with a uh, a barrel load of hat-tricks it felt like so he's on 24 uh, league goals for his head so far this year uh, he is he is being caught uh matt garner of uh, wincanton uh, is on 18 and i know milo murgatroyd has just left odd down but he uh, scored 16 goals for them uh, in in league league matters league matches sorry uh, and then in all competitions it is it is Thelton who's leading the way with 27, uh, Fawn with 22, and Garner with 20. So obviously, plenty of the same names cropping up there, but a couple of cup goals for all of them. So uh, yeah, plenty of uh, plenty of goals flying in. I'm sure those numbers will will change uh, dramatically over over the coming weeks and months.
1: And we should say that, of course, those statistics have been taken from the FA full time mm. website. And I know right. we have a lot of fun over <laughs> the last few seasons where there are. Um, this goal's that's... it well quite entered in error
2: <laughs> mm. now
1: it's not for us to cast aspersions on on the wonderful volunteers who mm. support our Definitely our clubs not. um but obviously if you know uh, listeners are aware that some of these statistics are wrong please let us know and we will yeah, do our do. best um to um to get that um, system put right i think there is a glitch with the penalty mechanism that's right yeah yeah we don't need to go down that road <laughs> not 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 unless you've got serious sleep problems um <laughs> right we have been reviewing your excellent bulletin tom um just in case anybody doesn't know where they can find that um where can the listeners get your work oh that is on the uh, toolstation league uh
2: official website uh, it's on the homepage, so if you just scroll down a little bit and then uh, it's to the left-hand
1: side and that's uh, yeah that comes out every week but that's always available on, on the website for you brilliant that's absolutely fantastic tom thank you so much for your time Pleasure. And um, I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Tool Station Western League podcast.